Welcome to Season 5, Episode 14 of Four Seasons in a Funeral, the wake episode for Fringe, because we actually finally finished Fringe. My name is Charlie, and joining me today are David and Nick. Hi, I'm David. Hi, I'm Nick. I'm eating a pear. A pear of what? Why did you... (laughs) I thought the intro would take longer. I wanted a piece (laughs) of pear. You, we could have just chilled for another like two minutes. It would have been fine. <laughs> Too we bad. Now, hanging out. <laughs> now he's eating a pear through recording because he's an asshole. Yep. At least it's, it's not cut an into animal. pieces. You hear that, audience? Can you hear David choking on like three dicks right now? <laughs> One of them is his own somehow. <laughs> Very flexible. <laughs> <laughs> Concerningly flexible. There's for this a great... one reason. There's a great tweet I read the other day where it's like, so someone was like, I work at this animal sanctuary and there's a tortoise here who's like 54 and it's weird because he's 20 years older than me. But at the same time, I get to go, does the big man want his appy slices? And this 54 year old tortoise hustles over because, yes, the big man do want his appy slices. <laughs> hey, man, you, you, you can grow up and still want your appy slices. <laughs> Maybe not in those words. <laughs> no, it's always appy slices. It's always appy slices. Want happy slices. Yeah. I had to, going way off topic this early, um, I had to explain to my girlfriend the absolute fear I felt when um, the Mandalorian started up the entire, like, chicky chicky nuggies thing. (laughs) Why were you afraid? Because it's so close to chicken tendies. Uh. I want my tendies re. Like, I was like, that's a part of internet culture that the mainstream is not ready for. And should never be ready for. I feel like it's pretty normalized at this point. Or am I just too deep? You're too deep. You're too deep. You're too deep. Chicken nuggies to me feels like you're you're like in the shallow end of internet degeneracy. No, that's that's what I mean. Is is chicken nuggies is like oh this person's talking about chicken chicken tendies. That's the same thing. Wait, why is he yelling at his mom? Wait, why is he shitting in his pants? What is this about his stepdad being upset at him? And it just goes down. Why, why am I on yeah. 4chan? I, I need to stop browsing 4chan is what I, re, real, what I think about every single day. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. It's like, not healthy. So, so, so David, the, the problem is, is it's like, it's, it's cool to like be like in deep on like the internet culture and things like that. As long as you understand that if mainstream things bring up some deep internet culture thing, um, it, it's going to be real bad. Like, no, but those, no. The problem is, is like every once in a while, something will get brought up that people are like, man, that's really fringe internet or like, that's so like weird. And I'm like, that's such vanilla baby crap. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> wait, that, wait, that's not mainstream. What? <laughs> We've talked you about mean... this before, David, uh, our, and a little bit of Nick, but not so much our internet upbringing and exposure like our entire generations is real different than what it is today yeah but it's like or if someone before sees, time like if it's like yeah. a picture of a jar and a figure and i internally cringe and then people going what yeah. and i'm like oh you don't want you're to know. one of the lucky ones <laughs> lively getting shut down saved so many kids yeah i mean Hate, I never hate went the on Chinese Lively, propaganda so. government for doing what they're doing, but at least they're doing some regulation on TikTok. <laughs> uh. At least there's some censorship going on to protect the youth. You heard that, audience. David loves communist China. Uh, I really don't, but, you know. 
out of all of us, personally, I have the most to lose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, internet, internet censorship. Great great topic. Not something for us to be discussing right now, listen, though. There's a fine line. Wow, between Nick, are you censors- trying to censor us? <laughs> There's a fine line between censorship and then self-regulation. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And self-regulation is necessary for any internet community to be healthy. Moderation not is not ruined. censorship. Yeah. Like there's exactly. a fine line there and moderation is necessary and required. And speaking of moderation, what have you guys been up to as I steer us back on topic? Not Nick. moderating things. <laughs> um Nick, how is your storybook brawl tournament? Ooh. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> Charlie, you were there. You know what happened. <laughs> Nick, we should do some streaming on Twitch again. That was fun. That was fun. Um, we could we, do beta yeah, matches. The, yeah, no, we should do some beta matches. Those were those were super fun. But yeah, the um, that tournament went real bad. Um, I got off to a I got off to a rough start, which was fair. I was kind of rusty, and like, I I feel like I got at least a little bit unlucky. Um oh you got very unlucky. No, yeah, from the matches I watched, you were you were not doing well in the luck department. I I I was certainly low rolling a little bit. Um there's there's ways to mitigate that and I just didn't do those and I wasn't I wasn't spending enough time thinking about what the uh opponents were doing as well. I mean, but yeah, this... I had some I had some low rolls. I mean, current meta as well is real bad for trying to pick yourself up off cuz like the second someone gets going, like that's the end. Like the yeah. second someone yeah, starts to actually can... get trees and shit, like you're you're done. I don't know, Charlie. You you remember the game where I came second? I was. It looked like I was dead in the water. Um, yeah, but that that like, wasn't like uh, that wasn't entirely a. Oh my god, I'm so far behind. I got to hustle and catch up. That's you were two moves away from being stabilized, and then you stabilized, and then you got yeah. going. the The issue with the current meta is if you don't stabilize, you are dead. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had I had some pretty bad luck to start, um, and then <laughs> I got to a point where I had I had 15 points with three matches remaining. So I had to uh, I had to get first in my final three matches, and then I got a buy, uh, which instantly killed me. Uh, <laughs> so what I happens killed... with a buy? How many points do you get? You just get nothing? so a buy. You take the average of the rest of your round's points rounded Ooh, up. Ooh, that's not what you want. The, a buy is always bad then. <laughs> Yes. No. This, a buy, unless you're no, doing a buy, nothing a buy but is, wins. So if you finish with 38 points across three rounds, you you make it in with a buy. And if you finish with 38 points and you don't get a buy, then you need to get seven points, which is a third or higher in your final game. So there are so times where many, buys are positive. How many people got the buy? Um, buy the buy. At maximum, seven people per round. Yeah. So why anyways, wouldn't you just throw them in with one wait, bot? Anyways, this is very off topic yeah, for Four yeah, Seasons and a yeah, Funeral. We can yeah, talk about anyway, this yeah, on was, Twitch, or we can talk this, about it in yes. Brawling Around, our storybook <laughs> brawl podcast. Perfect. <laughs> Are you just now hey, pitching t- that? Hey, I think um, that already actually, exists. I think both of the, no, both of the storybook brawl uh, podcasts um, got out as soon as... Uh, the NFT started? As soon as the, the NFT hey, uh, there's collab. an empty market, guys. <laughs> We have yeah, no. the experience. We can fill both, it. Bo- bo- both of them, both of them, doped the fuck out of there. Um, at least the two that were like semi-large or like that I at least knew or saw advertising for. Like, no. To be fair, if we really wanted to, we could make that push. Like, there is an open market there. If Storybook Brawl does pick up and we're there, like that could be yeah. an avenue. Yeah. 
matter so, like nick know. you know we'll the see. game well enough like you just try like honestly doing color commentary on other people's matches yeah like they're, oh, they're gonna need casters eventually yeah uh you know we'll, we'll see i gotta i gotta prove that i'm entertaining before i can i can be a caster <laughs> no but that's the point you don't need to be entertaining to be a caster that's the point that's why casting works in in a teams of two you have the one person who actually knows the game and then you have color commentary yeah, color commentary color. needs ah. to be engaging and interesting and they keep the attention but then they don't actually need to know shit and the person who needs to know shit doesn't have to be entertaining they just need to know their shit you can be the Fair person enough. who knows their shit <laughs> ah but but what if i was at least slightly entertaining as well well then you don't need the second person <laughs> yeah. but you can learn how to become slightly entertaining yeah fair enough um, david what yeah. have you been up to uh absolutely jack shit um yeah nothing absolutely nothing uh life is an eternal blur of existence and eventually it will end Hey, we did. Uh, we're we're doing D and D stuff right now. That was eventually fun. it will end. <laughs> I got <Sorry>. COVID. <laughs> Yay! That's what Yay. happened to me. <laughs> My office once again tried to kill me. On the plus I... side, you're gonna get better at Overwatch now. <laughs> I, <am>. <laughs> <laughs> I got COVID. I... Felt like shit. Played one <laughs> one session of Overwatch and did really well. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. Listen, I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm really interested to know if it was actually from the office that you got COVID. Where I'm, else did he go? <laughs> well, this is the thing, because I, I was talking to my neighbors the other day, and they were like, oh, how are you doing? I was like, well, my girlfriend and I got COVID, and the guy was like, oh, yeah, my wife and two of my three kids have it right now, and the neighbors two of down also have it. So, And it's like, and, and like, no one else from the office that I know of I got it. sick. Also, Charlie hasn't like left the house to do anything. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> like, literally that was the first time he's left the house to go like somewhere else in a long it was, while. It was Monday, went to the office, Tuesday and Wednesday went out and did shit, but like that was grocery shopping, fully masked, like Lysol, everything. And then Thursday I'm like, oh, I feel like shit. And that other guy hasn't been in since Monday. Hmm, I wonder if there's a correlation between those two things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. It sucks. Who, who can uh, tell? Don't don't get COVID. It it real shitty. Don't get COVID. Yeah. It's shitty. I don't think anyone was planning to get it. I don't That's know. That's not true. Do you remember those COVID parties? Yeah, David, you underestimate some um, anti-vaxxers. Listen, if you're an anti-vaxxer, stop listening to our show. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I don't want to associate with you at all. <laughs> We are allowed to curate our audience. If you're a Republican, yep. fuck right off. <laughs> did you did you see the thing? It was it was across a couple of social media things, but it was basically like some young Republican thing where it's like, oh, so many friendships have been broken because people found out like I'm a conservative and all this. And it's like you need to disagree with your friends sometime. And someone did a, a quick drawing where it's like this one uh white woman and one black woman, it's like Oh, we disagree sometimes, but we're still friends. And the black woman's like, "Yeah, about pizza toppings, not about whether or not I'm a person." <laughs> Which really summarized that argument, and I loved it. It's just it doesn't make any sense. Just if you're a liberal, just be more aggressive, <laughs> like please. 
We won't bring up I'm, what David, David said I'm yesterday. You, I'm going to cut you off there. Um, <laughs> Listen, because I'm this is going out. What I'm else. not saying that kind of stuff on stuff we're posting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no idiot. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, we're let's let's move on. Let's move on to Fringe at this point. Uh, uh, the um, TV guide. There is no TV guide because we're done. Fringe. Yay! We did it. Yay! Clap, Charlie, clap, 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 clap. Let let us know what were those special features in season five all about? What were they even? Uh, I don't know if we got all the special features because um, the the Blu-ray I got was damaged. We'll say. <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> why did you, why did you say it so crazy. weirdly? We bought yeah. you that Blu-ray. Yeah, <laughs> I, I made sure that it didn't have. Us. I made sure it didn't have the Portuguese version because you know, fuck the Portuguese version. So angry. Um, Dude, we Portuguese watched, Walter was the best. We watched a farewell to Fringe, which was interesting to see because it, it was more of a uh, a splice between them interviewing cast members in 2008 during like the pilot era, and then them in 2013 just as the finale had been wrapped filming um and it was interesting to see the characters have hope and joy in 2008 and then say this is a good ending to the show and me not believing them in 2013 and uh jj was there for some reason even though i don't know how much creative control he exerted over the show past season one past season two he, even. Sh- he sure was there yep uh if he mucked around, he ruined it like Lost, but that's his prerogative. Um, we watched the gag reel, which uh, is always fun because it's just Joshua Jackson uh, making fun faces at the camera and cracking everyone up. And once again, he genuinely just seems to have the most fun on set all the time. Um, if nothing else, the gag reels have convinced me Joshua Jackson is actually that charismatic in person. <laughs> you had doubts? Yeah, this is, well, sometimes people are, like, very outgoing as characters yeah. on shows, and then they're very, very introverted. But no, he just seems to be that all the time, and it's wonderful. Uh, a couple deleted scenes that didn't really add much, and you can nope. see why they're deleted. Just um, Well, yeah. also, with such a shorter uh, season as well, and it seems like they have less budget, I think, like, they definitely didn't have as many just extra film, like, yeah. moments. Because in like season scenes. one, there are so many deleted scenes because it's like, yeah, they have the money. They just, just film longer. Yeah, and they're throwing a bunch of ideas around and then they're like, actually, the arc needs to go in this direction. So this scene doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we surprisingly watched the entire Comic-Con panel, which was very good. That yeah. entire cast is super charismatic. Um, yeah. Very fun. We found out takes. also that... As always, uh, though, very startling when they all speak with their normal human <laughs> <yeah>. voices. <laughs> like, every single one of them. Except, I guess, J- uh, Jaskia. She sounds like Jaskia yeah. sounds in the show. I uh, found out that Yaskia, Nicole's name, is not pronounced Yaskia. It's Jaskia. Yeah, that is that is a hard J That's there. <laughs> we apologize to her. Um, didn't know if you guys caught it either, but the actress who played the adult Edda was also... Um, either english or australian uh she was definitely she struck me as aussie i think yeah Nick, can you confirm <laughs> um give me a second <laughs> but no, yeah I, I was just looking at the main cast when i was doing the imdb dive <laughs> but she had definitely had like a she had an accent yeah a, uh, oceanic accent yeah which again the uh, three three, three of, of the, them eh? yeah that's yeah. <laughs> three of them. really pulling from one area there 
Uh, no, the Comic Con panel was awesome. Lance Reddick cried, uh, in in a way that they they asked like, "What was your favorite scene that you weren't in?" And they asked that to Jaskia first, and we were all joking like, "Oh, haha, she all has somebody seems to p- <laughs> pick from because she's not in any scenes." And then everyone is just kind of talking. Everyone else is like, "Oh yeah, no, all of our favorite scenes were Jaskia's moments to shine because she's amazing and needs more moments to shine." And then yeah. fucking J.H. Wyman is there, like, yeah, wrote her out of Cackling. everything. It's okay. <laughs> As um, always, the yeah. disrespect to Astrid is real. <laughs> it really is. Um, so, by the way, uh, the actress who plays Etta, um, Georgina Haig, is Australian. Oh, okay. Yeah. All in all, it was a, it was a fun panel. Um, they all seem to have fun. They all seem to... They're all like it's a super charismatic cast. John Noble was weird as usual. Anna Torv <laughs> said the most important thing to do as an actor is to come. <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, no, yeah. that's what they ask her. It's like, or what did what did you learn from playing the, the character Olivia? And she was like, oh, to come. <laughs> and, but I don't know if and she then... was saying to be calm. Or it was to, to like be calm. Like, yeah, not, but her act, her no, her accent really made it sound like to come. <laughs> I think your yeah. head's just in the gutter, my dude. That's no, what the everyone was laughing about. Heads were in the gutter. Oh, the Joshua Jackson is... lost his shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I wasn't paying yeah. attention. <laughs> Don't blame you. Uh, <sighs> yeah, that was all the that was all the special features. So not many special features this time, I guess, but... Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I got the wrong Blu-ray. I could only find (laughs) one of them. They're very scarce. The Goodbye to Fringe was interesting um, in general, I thought. It was nice to go back to see how young they were as well in comparison to now. Um, Um, No, that that was really nice. And, like, while we were shitting on them for, like, you know, talking about, like, how much they loved the ending to season five and things, it's important to recognize as well, you know, they're way more attached to it, and like they're saying goodbye to their characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and again, it makes the, a lot more sense. The ending of season five or season five was bad, but it's not like horrible, terrible bad. Like it's not Game of Thrones bad. Yeah, and I think yeah, most importantly, I think like the end of season five, like it's it's completely five fine. It's just the whole concept of season five was really bad. I mean. As we discussed, like, like, season five, the ending literally does not affect any of the previous seasons. Like, the end of season five yes. is them literally resetting to the end of season four. <laughs> so, yeah, they, they go out of their way. does not matter in the long run for the show. <laughs> uh, it does make things thing. make no fucking sense for how seasons one through four can happen when Walter's not there. But whatever. <laughs> I I really enjoy that because of that you can call all of season five a fringe filler. Um, <laughs> you can because you know fill, filler episodes. If at the end of the at the, if at the end of whatever the filler arc is, nothing has changed with the characters. Like there is no lasting effects. Then it's then it's filler, um, yep. and that perfectly encapsul- encapsulates season five. It's all nothing. It's it's actually just a filler season. <laughs> um yeah it's a little bit unfortunate but yeah no it was really it was definitely really nice um seeing those sort of um seeing those sort of differences and seeing um 
like the little bit of the contrast and also specifically it was really nice seeing the like casts send off for fringe as well yeah oh um, yeah when they're like their... this is your rap for filming this is your rap it's interesting yeah. um watching this show like literally 10 years after it came out to see like in the comic-con panel and as well as they're talking about their fans and stuff just to see the fan reaction and the community behind it because like uh like the community still exists somewhat on the reddit still gets like posts maybe like once every other day or something so like there's still like a dedicated fan base and they have like new fan they had that new fan site come out like what four months ago yeah as well so yeah, like, yeah. people are still really into it um but it's interesting to see like that sort of snapshot into fringe at its peak and its most popular which is like end of season four leading into season five yes well, and I think it's like really, really important to note because we've talked about it a little bit in the past as well. But like the um, with like how TV ratings and things were like it was it was the fans who yeah. kept it going. Well, that's um, also that's such a different era of television as well. Like Fringe came out before yes. streaming was like this massive juggernaut yeah. of television that it is now. Like before the shows like, oh, no, it came off cable. Maybe Netflix will save it or Hulu or whatever. And it'll move on there, like or or Yahoo. That era. Remember or Yahoo? when <laughs> Yahoo saved Community, and then that was the only thing on Yahoo streaming service. And then and then Yahoo died. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but... there's a Joshua Jackson interview where he said um, season five was interesting because, like, fans give shows an afterlife once they're done, and Fringe started its afterlife before it was finished because it had to because the networks kept fucking with the time slots and messing with viewership rates and stuff like that, where you had to have this hardcore fan base to keep it going before it could yes. get prematurely ended. Yeah, because that's yeah. that's the other thing that's, like, really impressive. Like, they got put in, like, the dead time slots. Like, the like the time slots where it's, like, this show, we need to air it, but this is, yeah. this is, the, this is the, like, no one's watching this. Like, I think they had the Friday at 9 p.m. time slot. For a while, I mean, they is... they got their fifth season, which is again looking back at their ratings and looking back at like they were again very well reviewed, but crazy that they managed to get a fifth season in general. Yeah, and as much as we shit so... on it for being bad because it was bad, I mean, it still happened, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it still that happened, one, and it's impressive. The one interview they had with JJ, where JJ's talking about what happens to television shows, and he's like, "Yeah, it's either they uh, go on for way too long, or they don't get to tell their ending." I think Fringe got to tell the perfect ending, and it, it just ended on its own terms. Mithril was going, "Uh." <laughs> <laughs> it's like JJ. I'm not sure if I agree with you. I'm pretty sure the. The going out on its own terms was season four. Yeah. And like maybe here's here's what I'll say. I don't think it was the network forcing them to make a season five. I think it was the fans. Yeah. Um well, they definitely well, wanted to make the fifth season. Like yeah, everyone involved yes. wanted to make it. They were excited about it. It's just an absolute shame what they made. Well, cause it was they they wrote and shot a lot of like the majority of season four were told they were cancelled. And then I think the news got out and there was enough fan reaction that they're like, okay, you can have an abbreviated season five. And that's probably when they started writing and shooting the episode 19 and started writing out season five. So it was very much like a, okay, we're done. I'm sad. Oh, wait, we get more shit. We already concluded this. I don't know. I, w I would have liked just to send out. Like, I think we should, this would be a good topic. Like, 
what would be your ideal season five if you could basically yes. pitch season five can we rewrite parts of season four Yes, like basically like the episode 19 can be completely rewritten, like any lead is in as well. But the main overall plot of season four, you can't touch with the fucking uh, wanting to make a new universe. Okay, (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that kind of stuff. But like the actual, because season five is so disconnected, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. But we should think about that as we go into next thing. So I think for this sort of recap, I think some of the things we wanted to do was go over... uh, um, I think seasonal ratings. So we're gonna rate each season by itself: season one, season two, season three, season four, season five, and then we're gonna say about favorite episodes each for the entire series, and then a favorite fringe element for the entire series. Okay. So, in general, sort of like an extended recap. We'll do a little. Let's do a little recap of season five. I guess there's just not much to work with. Like, there's no new fringe elements really introduced. Well, do we want to quickly just do brief rundowns for each season? Yeah. Just as a, a quick refresher, because it yeah. has been sure. a while. Okay. So Fringe Season 1, um, we get introduced to this wider network of, of Fringe Sciences. People are actually doing mad science. Um, a plane, the, the show is opened on this uh, biological experiment on a plane. Mm-hmm. Um. Anna Torv gets sucked into this because her uh, lover and FBI partner, um, John Scott, is poisoned or afflicted somehow and needs the help of mad scientist Walter Bishop. But because he is actually mad and crazy, she needs his son, Peter Bishop, to get him out of the insane asylum. And they form this little team Mm -hmm. to start hunting down all these things that are related to something called the pattern. The pattern. Do, Do we get ZFT in season one? As well. uh, I don't uh, believe so. Do I we? Think ZFT, yeah, ZFT is season one. Yeah, like the whole mystery of what ZFT is and who they are is season yeah, one. Yeah, ZFT, ZFT are supposed to be the bad guys in the second half of season one. Okay. Like, because there, yeah. there's, there's also the implication in like uh, the ghost network, which is episode three, right? That ZFT is the people using the ghost network and stuff. Uh, yes. Potentially, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the implication. I don't think it actually ended up being them. I think it was just a weird mafia group, but that's besides yeah. the point, I guess. Yeah, we also get uh, they had some dealings with ZFT. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also get introduced to this uh, global super conglomerate, massive dynamic, mm-hmm. which makes everything and anything. Um, and they Walter helped found the company years ago, but was betrayed by his partner William Bell, or he went crazy, and William Bell, this mysterious William Bell, made this into the global company it is, and they appear to have shady dealings. And yeah. we see them doing some weird stuff, uh, but it's mainly. Uh, this newly assembled fringe team starting to discover this pattern and it's very uh monster of the week style yeah. x files okay, um, this is still very procedural like there is an overarching yeah. plot and there are character like arcs in between but this is still like week to week there's a different mystery hey here's the weird fringe element yeah and then it, towards the end we get david robert jones a war is coming olivia you're a soldier that kind of stuff that your ears kind of perk up about it and oh my God! Get, Peter's yeah. it from an alternate universe. Is there's is always more than one of a thing? There's always more than one of yes. a thing. Um, <laughs> World Trade Center exists in an alternate universe, and holy shit, yeah. William Bell is played by Leonard Nimoy, uh, which was also shocking. Yes. Yeah, that was <laughs> yes, that was they, awesome. They 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 brought out they brought out some pretty big uh, pretty big uh, like things right at the end of uh, right at the end of season one there. <laughs> yeah. And then um, we go into season two. Season two is sort of more into all about this other universe stuff. 
where that seems to be the main thrust of it, investigating sort of uh, Peter's past and Walter's past. As well uh, as this is when we get first introduced, yes, to the shapeshifters, when they uh, fucking Cortex murder fan as Charlie. Well. <laughs> oh, yeah, they fucking killed Charlie. Um, yep. But yeah, uh, Cortexafan abilities come up. Uh, Olivia was experimented on as a child. Um, a little bit more about the observers, because uh, we get one or two observer episodes in the season. Uh, one, the we're... August episode where the one observer dies is the season. Yeah, um, but we also we also get Walter saying, um, "I was looking for a cure for you. This man pulled us out of the lake." Like we get a bunch yeah. of September saved Peter when he was a boy, and he's important mm-hmm. somehow. Except he's not, and that's not who they're talking about. Yeah. I guess we also get White Tulip this season. Oh my Which god! Ends up becoming season two. season two, yeah, becoming a huge yeah. part of the mythos of Fringe. Yep, uh, we overall. get everyone's doppelgangers, and they do a fantastic job playing Folivia and Walternet. Um, a lot of really good episodes in season two. Yeah, a lot of a lot of important stuff in season two. Actually, season this is where two they is like kind of laid fringe, the lore laid say. the lore down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, the end of this season, Olivia is captured. On uh, they try to rescue Peter from the other side. Uh, she is captured by what we call the Red Universe, and Folivia takes her spot in the Blue Universe. And we're like, "Oh, click here, switcheroo! What's going to happen?" Uh, it turns out her and Peter, her being Folivia and Peter banging, is what happens as we finally get Peter and Olivia, but not really. Just no. It's Hold the Olivia from li- the other universe who yeah. becomes a double or like becomes a spy essentially and takes Olivia's place. And in season mm-hmm. three, we get a whole bunch of universe jumping shenanigans with us knowing that uh, full Liv- like the Olivia in blue universe is actually full Olivia. And they are dealing with a whole bunch of shapeshifters led by a Thomas Jerome Newton, our second yep. three name villain, <laughs> um, which oh, is yeah. also, also a fringe thing. It it really is. Also important to note, um, we, we also get brainwashing of Blue it's, Universe Olivia happening here. She gets uh, sort of implanted with all Red Universe's uh, memories and is tricked into thinking that she's Red Universe, um, even though she's not and has magical powers. Uh, Walternet then tries to sort of uh, figure out how she's getting these powers and then is convinced by his uh, mistress to experiment with children. <laughs> Uh, we end this season with uh sort of a huge doomsday device being created or being assembled that we find sam weiss helping sam weiss helps with that we find out that walter built the device and sent the parts backwards in time and that's why it's all linked to peter and that's why peter's so important because the device was literally made for him and they end up uh, peter ends up using the device to sort of create a permanent merge between universes like a bridge on liberty island in order for the two universes to talk to each other and also in order for red universe to be healed from the damage that walter caused when he first crossed over uh, as a reward Peter, yes then gets erased <laughs> from the timeline <laughs> the observers yes. went okay cool he can go now <laughs> which uh, makes you assume that because my thought when that happened was September had to save Peter from the lake because by Peter coming across, he's now important enough that he's the only one who can fix the universal issue. And so they erased him because he was no longer needed. And then in season four, we go, oh, September 
actually has feelings and saved him and didn't erase him from time. Mm. And season four is very jarring because we had a timeline reset. Um, yep. Peter Not the first never... one we'll have. Yeah. <laughs> Not the last. Uh, Peter has been fully erased from the timeline with all potential implications of that intact. Walter is now an agoraphobe. Um, doesn't like, uh, keeps seeing Peter in reflections. Um, uh, Olivia was adopted by Nina Sharp as a child because she killed her stepfather in this one. Yes. Um, it yes. is a lot more emotionally open. She wears colors. Well, she's also wasn't as part of the Catexophren trials for as long. She was only in yeah. the very beginning of it. And then when she killed her father, she was pulled out of it as well. So she also doesn't have any Catexophren magic. Yes. Yep, because, you know, she no longer had a stepfather who was in the military. Yep. Uh, and then David Robert Jones is back. Because uh, yeah, also he, Peter never okay. killed him, so he's back. Yeah. Peter eventually finds his way God. back into the timeline, except that this Peter is aware of everything, I guess. He falls under the wrong conclusion that there's a third alternate universe or third timeline that he's actually from, and that he needs to get back to this. Um, we get one of the worst fucking episodes <laughs> in the entire series, where Olivia then decides to commit uh, personality suicide. Because uh, Peter's closeness or something in the timeline well, no, is giving because her because of the drugging with oh, the yes. Cortexafan. She's getting from, drugged with Cortexafan, which is giving her the her original timeline's memories, which we also concluded means that she was also getting Red Universe Olivia memories, which means at this moment there are four sets of memories in Olivia's head. Because they also imply in the season four timeline she was still switched with Olivia, and given yep. those memories and still. Yep. So t- original timeline Olivia, original timeline faux Olivia, new timeline new t- Olivia, and new timeline faux Olivia. <laughs> Jesus but Christ, guys, Olivia. <laughs> but guys, it's okay because we then learn that um, Peter is wrong. There has only ever been the one timeline, <laughs> so it's five. <laughs> is it? <laughs> but It's fine. There was just a timeline reset, and you guys can't call this a different timeline because it was reset, bitch. Yep. Do we get the other time loop episode in this one? Uh, yes. That is a uh, woman who's good at her job and her husband. <laughs> yes. Yes. Woman yes, is good at her job and her husband loves her so much. Yes. Well, that's uh. also, uh, I believe that is... That episode also leads to Olivia making this choice for the memories as well because of their oh, story. Right. Because right? yeah. that's a direct connection. But um, Yeah, a short story about love is, I think, the episode that we're talking about. Uh, Did we get serial killer episode this no, season No, short two? story about love is serial killer episode where he, oh, wants, he makes himself mind. smell like that's, Widow's that's, husband. That's the cursed episode. Yeah. Never mind. Like, no, oh, no, dude, I was that's talking not the good ab- episode. <laughs> I was talking about a guy who psychoanalyzes himself. Uh, psychoanalyzes himself? Oh, yes, that's in this. Se- that's season he's, four because that's both, that's both of yeah. them working together. That's one he's, of the first a, episodes in the season. Yeah, he's a profiler in blue and a serial killer in red. Yeah, that was and he ends episode. up profiling himself, yeah. Um, but like the end of the season uh, ends with a universe-destroying disaster or threat where um, William fucking uh, William Bell is alive and evil in this timeline. He didn't end up help. God. He didn't help Fringe Division escape Red Universe. So I don't. I, I don't know how they. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> but never mind. Doesn't he's doesn't here. explode trying to help Olivia yeah. escape. He doesn't nuclear just uh, kill himself to make enough energy for them to transfer over, but whatever. Um, so William Bell is evil and he wants to destroy both universes and use the energy of the destruction in order to make him his own universe 
filled with terrifying bat people and armadillo men for some reason. Porcupine people, excuse you. Yeah. Listen. And the medicine snakes from Snakehead for some fucking reason. Sometimes, sometimes the world is sick and you just need to delete the world and make another one. I can't free. I will never forget the beautiful CG image of those rolling green planes <laughs> with just porcupine men walking around and bat people flying, flying around. No, no, the porcupine men and the bat people are separate animals. No, no, no. The porcupine No, the porcupine people grew wings. No, porcupine people were different from the bat people. Nope, nope. Porcupine. I'm pretty people. sure they were different. No, Charlie. they were two different. Pretty, the two different I, cases. Porcupine fu- man is the man who was originally on the plane who was like asking for the medicine. He turns into porcupine man. Batman was a different person whose wife was into it as well, and he turns into Batman because they do that scene on the top of the fucking tower where they jump off and he grows wings and flies away. Maybe no, no. I think those were porcupines. As you're saying that, I'm pretty sure those were porcupines, David. Were those porcupines? Because that was happening in. Sh- I remember the exact episode, sure. but I swear there were two different like types of creatures. No, I I'm think pretty it's- sure that's. I'm pretty sure that's nothing as it seems, right? Or a better human being, one of those ones. A better human being. Um, but yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it's. He's no, a porcupine person, is, and he grows uh, wings. Better human being is no, telepathy it's- people. No, yeah, oh, yeah, no, it was it was nothing as it seems. Because it's like, hey, look, it's the same thing as the pilot case. Yeah, but I'm saying... Um, the, or not the pilot yeah, case. Yeah, I'm saying, the, it's the same, it's the same, like, it's that episode again, except it didn't happen in this timeline, so, like, Peter's the only one who knows what's going on. But the person who turns into a porcupine man and the person who turns into a Batman are two different people, and they turn into two different animal monsters. Oh, uh, maybe. Is what I'm telling. No, know, what, that's what happens! <laughs> The, I don't know. It, I I I'll believe you, um, but like, oh, I I don't know. I've I've blocked out a lot of that. I'm realizing. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, they solve the universe destruction issue by shooting Olivia in the head, um, and then extracting the bullet because okay. Protexafan can heal her, and then. Oh, hey, look, she's pregnant. Yeah, no, she's okay, with so I'm, Peter looking, and... I'm looking at the summary. There's the original guy is a bowman, is his name. And then he ends up attacking the TSA agents because he gets brought out for freaking out. And then he dies, and they follow him to lead to a man called Daniel Hicks. Daniel yeah. Hicks transforms into a, ma- a Batman who can fly. I, I, I was never under the illusion they were different people. Yeah. I'm saying they turn into the same creature. No, it's just they're... Hicks gets further along in the evolution and grows fucking wings. Maybe, but they also don't look very similar. Like, I don't think the bat creature has as many spines. Maybe. Anyways. Anyways. Anyways, yeah, that's, that's season four. Season four is a fucking cluster. <laughs> but not as bad as season five. Season five, war against the observers. Ha ha, those observers that were around, turns out they were Nazis the entire time. Who'd have thunk? Hooray. Maybe when they turned out to all be white man with blue eyes. But whatever. Um, yeah, and then they fight against the observers. Some shit happens. It doesn't fucking matter because they timeline reset. <laughs> <laughs> And Peter and Olivia have a child. It's called Henrietta because Peter had a child with full Olivia that was called Henry, I guess. <laughs> and all the kids. But again, have that doesn't something. matter because that also got timeline reset. Well, no. More importantly, Etta does die, um, but that's okay. Because she, she gets timeline, timeline reset. reset. As well. <laughs> again, nothing that happens in season five matters because it's all timeline reset. 
It's well, yeah. As I said, it's just it's yeah. just a filler season, which is a weird thing to say for a final <laughs> season of a show. All right, so that brings us to uh, general season ratings. Let's start with season one. What do mm-hmm. you guys think of season one of Fringe? I, I just posted um, a picture that that the look like porcupine quills, and he's about to fly uh, off the building. Maybe, maybe. Okay. <laughs> It, it's a it's a so, bad episode anyways um season one all right so season one charlie you want to go first or you want me to here uh, i can go first uh season one right. is a lot of fun as a new show like this was the era of you're gonna be uh, this is the era of procedurals that kind of have longer arcs and uh for all the criticism he gets jj did play a large part in making that work with lost um so it's okay being procedural. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of nightmare fuel, which is amazing. The special effects are fantastic. Uh, the acting is pretty good. There's enough intrigue that keeps you going throughout the season. Um, some of the plot threads are a little bit loose and or dropped. Looking at you, Big Eddie. Um, but God, Big Eddie. What could Big Eddie have possibly been? <laughs> like, it just if they they just had like two episodes of Peter needs to deal with this and then. Olivia comes and rescues him. Would have would have been so good. But no, it's super fun. It's uh what are we doing? Out of five? Yeah, out of five. Um yep. this is a good good first season for a show. This is like a good uh I don't, I don't know, three and a half out of five. Yeah. Um I don't know. It's I I've got pretty similar uh feelings to Charlie about it. Like it's a fun it's a fun season. Um there's a couple times where we'll say that they get very big for their britches for the science and those ones are pretty bad. What do you mean? Um, cold virus. Uh, <laughs> it's not anyways. a cold virus. It's actually a stomach cell that's been infected with a cold virus. And in order to find God. that information, you had to read Walter's lab notes hosted <laughs> on the Fox TV website. That doesn't the, exist anymore. You know, it's gone. <laughs> it makes perfect so, sense. So yeah, I think I think it's pretty much it's a very solid um, season one, and I think one of the most um, I think one of the like sort of maybe under like understated things um, from the season one is the amount of care to detail to like for like attentive fans or like additional things like for people to go and find um, and like. Yes, this era did have a little bit more like this this was more common in this era, but I think that it's like it's it's really awesome to see the like different sort of things and bringing those in as like right at the start of the show, um whether that's the observer being in every episode, um the fringe glyphs and them always spelling things out, the next episode clues that were like actually real in season one, like yeah. actually like they they were trying uh, <laughs> yeah i I, conf- or I um, forgot to mention the glyphs, but like. That was such a huge thing that the audience picked up on and decoded and themselves. Out themselves. I mean, also observer sightings as well. Yeah. Observer sightings and like the, Walt- like the Walters lab notes and the other things that they were doing outside from like season one. Like that's, that's really impressive and that's really cool to see for a show. And that's like, you're not going to get that anymore. Like that's, I think that the the era of that happening and being like something where it's like, yeah, we're gonna create a fandom. Like they set themselves up to create a fandom here. Um, the only other I, show, it's really impressive. The only other show I can think of that tried this hard with audience engagement and Fringe did it 
perfectly because it it wasn't like you have to engage with the show it's more that the show kind of engages with you where it's like i have i have hidden details but they're not easter eggs they're not referencing anything else they're just there if you want to work hard and look for them was there is that show that had the video game tie-in and the writer said the actions of the players in the game would inf- like would reflect upon the writing in the show. So if this faction was dominating for months in the game, then the writing in the show would take a turn. And it bombed horribly, but it was a cool <laughs> idea. Fair enough. And like, yeah, so like Fringe Fringe didn't bomb. And like, David, as much as you as much as you like hate the next episode clues, like that's that's an impressive well, little thing. I for hate example, to be the next in. episode clues when they got lazy and became <laughs> bullshit. Yes. In season one, I was hyped about it. They were cool and it was fun. And then in season three, they became boring, lazy shit where it's just like, yeah, this alludes to the fact that they're dealing with shapeshifters again. It's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. So, but like, basically, like, that... If if I if I were taking this just as the season and not everything else that they were curating at the start for themselves, uh, I think like three or three and a half sort of makes sense because it's like it's it's a great first season. There's there's room to grow, but I think with everything else that they're doing, I'm gonna put it at a four. Um, just like somewhere between like a four, I, probably just a four. There's I still have some issues with some of the episodes and some of the like ending plots and things are awkward. Um. um but yeah. No, I think season one is a solid B, maybe a B plus, just because we're I feel like you guys are forgetting about the really bad mid season of season one. Oh, that's that's why despite them creating this fandom, I can't put it above a four. Yeah, like, like I had have, some really I had some really big problems with the mid parts of the season. Like the middle of the season where it's like bound, no brainer, like into the transformation. Like, but then, but then David Robert Jones. Yes, but then it picks up, which is why I'm saying like it's yeah. just the middle part of the season isn't good, and but then the beginning and the end of it is very good. So that's what I'm saying, like B plus, like solid, maybe like three point five. Yeah. Uh, also, stop drawing on maps, fringe. You, oh, oh my god, god, the pattern reveal is the most disappointing reveal in the world. Oh Jesus! Like, oh, we've looked at that, this from that's, every that's possible way. Well, how about you trace the. It like it's cracks and oh look it's a fracture point fuck off <laughs> yeah. you're massive dynamic yeah, you don't need someone to draw that for you you would analyze that 20 ways to sunday you should have found out that it was raiden lake from the beginning and also fucking yeah. raiden lake the focal point for everything in this show for the next four seasons <laughs> everything comes back to raiden lake listen everything. it's a magical lake leave the lake alone it is a magic lake it is, so, it is a magic lake, but yeah. Season two. What did you guys think about season two? Sorry, just so I have these. Nick, you gave it a four, and David, you gave it a three point yeah. five. Correct. Three. Yeah, three point five. Yeah. Okay. Um, season two. Season two was really fun. Um, I think it was. I think it was a great season. It still had some bad episodes. Uh, also, it had the weird start. Um, oh God, I just like I'm, I'm on the Wikipedia page, and I just like hovered over one of the things and the image that it gave me was just awful like i hate it uh, um it had oh fucking um megan markle oh yes. right that... yes megan markle she, she was, was here for season. like an episode or two well it's because they were unsure um, if anatorv was gonna walk or not so they were quickly raiding yeah. it a new fbi agent like yeah oh, and they had anatorv in a coma for the first episode or two 
I mean, she came. No, yeah. she came out of it like pretty quickly. Yeah, but like right at the start and things. Yeah. and it's like it's like there there were some there's some weird sort of like plot elements. I'm pretty glad that they didn't go the Meghan Markle route because they were making her they were they were setting her up to be really religious. Yeah, she which had a weird, be awkward. weird religious bent with her Excel sheet and everything that like every French case being related to like a Bible verse. Uh, I, I got concerned, and then when they just like kind of like threw that in the trash, I was like, "Okay, that one was probably a good idea." <laughs> but I mean, uh, some you already have you already have Walter doing I don't know. that. This um, season has like some of the best episodes in the entire show, like Jacksonville, yeah. White Tulip, um, Peter yes, as well. Is, Peter's so good. The first Peter, episode nineteen. Like, I mean, uh, e- yeah, even like the technically momentum. there's an episode nineteen in the. <laughs> what do you mean the, this one's Brown Betty? But, like, there is a season one, episode 19 as Yeah, well. but that one doesn't count. Like, that one's not as, like, I don't think the episode 19 in season one counts as much, because it's not as weird. Fair enough. Like, episode 19, this is, like, the full-on, this is the musical episode where they sing for this, something. This like, is this the is, musical yeah, episode. Like, this is distinctly, yeah. oh, wow, this is weird. <laughs> yes. Um, no, they have, they have, there's some, there's some incredible episodes in this season. Um, it's probably, like, it's. Oh, it's, a, it's probably a four and a half. It's almost a five. Yeah. We had um, we had like, a old man in a seventeen year old girl's body. Yes. Oh, oh, a fucking line. God, that was a long time ago. What What was the I actual line? Words. Was uh, an old man inside a seventeen year old? I think it was more like the fringe team tries to get the old man this... out of the sixteen year old. <laughs> yeah. No, excuse you, seventeen. She's seventeen because she tells Olivia to make a move on Peter because she turns eighteen <laughs> in a couple months. Yes. It's, it's it's very important that, that that she's 17 so that that line can hold up and be real fucking weird. So oh, we had Jahari Window, which is actually one of the best moral decision episodes Fringe does with the uh, elephant face people, like the tumor afflicted people. Oh, yes. No. Yeah. Season two for me is a 4.5. Like this is. Yeah. I think no, season I got, two is peak Fringe for me. I have I have season two it's, as a 4.5 as well. Because the shapeshifters are also in this, and they are such an active threat, especially when they murder Charlie in the first episode and replace yeah. him. Like, what a what a way to set up stakes for a season yeah, also. Like, literally, yeah. Charlie gets murdered and killed, like, immediately. <laughs> oh, I think also important to note off of that, um, shapeshifters are a very concerning, very concerning topic to try to bring into a TV show, just in general. They did a very um, good job in this season. I will they, say they did. They did. A, they did a like yes. I, I will say that for sure. They do a. They do a, an above average job. They, it's no, not they, perfect se- or anything. But I don't two, think that you can bring in season two is an yes. excellent rendition of it because there's a limited, very limited number of them um, that we mm-hmm. see, and basically only the Charlie one is really active, left over by the end of episode one, and then they end up also very descriptively saying they have to kill someone to take over their body. Like that's very explicitly shown. Yeah. So, but they yes. also put limits on how long, like, like Charlie is breaking open thermometers to get mercury yeah, like he needs, and his, his the other shapeshifter is like, "You've been in that body too long. You need yeah. to shift to someone else." Like they put limits on them. It's and not then, until later on yes. that it gets dumb and bullshitty. Yeah. Later on, those limits are are removed entirely. Like they're like, "Oh, we can we can do blood tests to detect them." Like the fringe scienced out, like the fringe team scienced out shapeshifters and put limits on them and how to detect them like they they all but defeated them and it was a wonderful way because that's what the show was about 
And then they went, well, actually, they're human shapeshifters now, and they can do whatever. Yeah, they changed down to the level of DNA. It's impossible to tell them apart now. They're actually liquid metal terminators. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that's hey, later let's, on. So, yeah. yeah four, let's get into season three well, so we can rated, start getting Did we, did we all do numbers? Oh, yes. Well, 4.5 for me, Charlie? 4.5 for me. Nick? Yeah. And I also said, like, it's between a 4.5 and a 5. Put a number. I think it's got to be a 4.5. <laughs> it's going to be a 4.5. Okay. I don't think I can give it a 5. Okay. But, like, this is as close to a 5 as, like... <laughs> Season 3. Other universe is... crap. Full yeah. other universe uh, down the drain here with Olivia being, like, taken over and stuff. Uh, I feel... The pilot is so... The Season 1 premiere is so good. It is with, very good. With the taxi driver well, and Olivia like... That episode's really good. Plateau is incredible. Plateau is a great episode. Um, oh, that's man too smart to talk one? to anyone but computers. <laughs> that was such yes. a fun episode. That is the such pencil. a fun episode. It was so the fun and such a everything. terrible ending. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> This like that's the important thing to recognize. This this season also had some fun episodes, oh, Am- and then it had like marionette Amber oh, thirty one Amber thirty one yes. four twenty two with the fucking that was such a Bobby, good episode with, with the twin Bobby bank Ice robbers Man. as well. Like, Were there actually yeah. twins? That was so fun. Um, yeah, there was a lot of fun episodes in this. But, but like, then Marionette, you, you can tell that they're you can tell that they're running into some problems at this Ooh. point, like just writing wise. This season had six B as well with the uh, married yep. couple, oh. where it's just like, what we Ultimate had kids, you are not my fucking husband. <laughs> <laughs> but then, this... but then they have they have Osmium where you can float, and that shit's oh. just fun. Yep. Yeah. No, they had the this this season had some really fun episodes as i think the way to the way to place it um lsd the it, they, they, introduced, animated, they introduced some problems the animated episode uh, 19 the to to this episode's detriment it also has the last time weiss in it <laughs> nah that episode is fucking great to this, it also has to the most, season's benefit it has sam weiss in it <laughs> it has the most exactly. useless fetch quest in fringe history <laughs> Dude, that fetch quest episode, fucking sweet. Absolute nonsense. It was so. The episode good. starts I, with I Peter no trying to get into the machine. About. The episode ends with Peter about to get into the machine. <laughs> <laughs> Literally nothing. Like the episode ends and starts the same way. Oh. But also, it it ends on the wildest note that you could imagine a show ending on. With the day we them died, being, yeah. Th- them being like, "Hey, our our main cast member, he is erased from the timeline." Also, we get additional timeline Peter here, right? Because he goes into the future, but only like twenty years yes. into the future and the weird future. So i I wanted to br- I'll bring this up again at season five, but we'll talk. I want to talk about all the different forms of time travel Fringe uses, sometimes at the same time, and how they are all wildly inconsistent. They're incredible. Well, <laughs> well, White Tulip isn't inconsistent. White Tulip is good, and then also uh, Engineer and his yeah. wife is good. Well, no, sorry. Um, so the way they implement time travel itself is inconsistent yes. across yes, the yes, show. Yes. yes. Um. But yeah. So like, this was a fun. This was a fun season. Like this is this the season's a four for me. Like there's there's more inconsistencies. There's more problems. But. In, like, you don't care. Episodes were really fun. In general, this is a very fun season. Like this is like, yeah, Fringe Team knows who they are now, and they're here to like take names and kick ass. Essentially, like 
Like we we just we just listed off a bunch of episodes that I would be very happy to go back and just watch because they were fun. Yeah. Um and like even which is Marionette is a bad episode. It's oh. not that bad. Like season... it's it's stupid, but it's not bad. Season 3 is also the season we get uh William Bell and Olivia's body, right? <gasps> yes. Yes it is. Like that's this season. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, we also Dude, we, get... we also get um fucking I'm gonna impregnate you with a beetle. Oh wait, I can't because you're already pregnant. Lincoln wants to marry you. <laughs> yep. Right. We also get the throwaway lines points, that all sheep are dead. <laughs> yeah. Like all there's sheep so are much dead and Lincoln simp. <laughs> like... This is this is the season where the writers they were like, okay, we have this alternate universe, and they're like, what can we do with this? And they're like, how about dogs is the hit Broadway play. Like, there's so many little things in uh, this season that the writers, you can tell, they, they had fun. They got to write yes, whatever. Yes. They got to well, mess also, around. Also, art department got to make, like, all those fake comic books as well in the apartment. Oh, yeah, Red Arrow stuff. versus, like, Batman doesn't exist. He's, like, Ratman instead, something like yeah. that. Ah, oh, so yeah. good. Oh, no, it's it's really great. I'd also like to point out the way that they end, um, this, the, that they end the season um with uh the day we died while it would have been a shitty ending to the show if the show had ended there that would have been fine as well yeah you kind of like, get a resolution i think this to... is this is this is the first this is the first season finale that like it would like yes this one would have been crappy if this had been the ending but it would have been fine well um, and this is you can kind of see um looking at the numbers you're like oh this show is going downhill yeah. but if you know fox messing around with time slots uh, season one premiered with 5.83 million U.S. viewers, and uh, ended with 3.29. Like throughout the course of the season, yeah, they lost season two million is. viewers. Yeah, they lost two million viewers, and part of the reason for that was their air their air dates. I would say the majority um, of the reason for it, like yeah, because this I is still a good season. Yeah. Like uh, they would yeah. they would never again see four million mm-hmm. U.S. viewers. All right, so numbers, numbers, numbers. I'm uh, gonna give this one a f- uh, four. Four, yeah. Fours across the board. Yeah. All right, four. season four. <laughs> Cracks start to get bigger. Yeah. Um. Man, remember how remember how excited we got with the with the uh, David Robert Jones reveal? Oh, David oh, Robert like, Jones being back was fucking that, hype the, as shit. The glyphs <laughs> those, were those, so that was, cool. I, I think that was potentially the ten best minutes of Fringe. Yeah, I would. Was the David Robert Jones reveal? The, the just reveal that David Robert Jones is here and he's the, the guy. The last ten minutes, the last ten minutes of that episode were like potentially the best ten minutes of Fringe. It was so good. <laughs> like, and like, and then the entire season just just goes down from there, like, and like pretty quickly, but like. It does. It does have that distinction. I think in my mind, we get the of uh, those ten yeah, minutes. We get the other good time travel episode <laughs> this season as well. Yes. Um, we do also get terrifying serial killer who makes himself smell like widows' oh, dead husbands. God. Yeah. Um. Um. Character suicide. Um, Welcome to Westfield, of... where they're trapped in that town that's getting oh, forcefully Westfield's merged. So crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That I think is a high. That might be the best episode of the season. The one scene no, the, with the, the one scene with like the dual pupils in that dude's eyes oh, and the like double the multiple teeth. sets of teeth. Uh, that's body horror on another level. Fair enough. I I, I still like the the fucking the, the time travel episodes 
like the standalone time travel episodes are like normally pretty good high points of the seasons for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. But yes. Um Nothing um, as it seems. We, we talked about the, the porcupine men versus bat men thing. <laughs> um is a weird look into the writer's mindset of we we reset the timeline let's rehash some stuff in season one because we want to get back maybe they want to get back to the roots and stuff but then doing it in a bad way at at the end of it (laughs) like the first half of that episode is great because it's like this is familiar yet different and peter is even like oh yeah did the plane crash and they're like what no this was at the tsa and he's like oh shit Something is vastly different here. And Peter has like a bunch of knowledge, essentially. And this was also a big part of Peter proving that, that no, I, I swear, we were fringe team. Like, I was part of yeah. this. But, <sighs> yeah, it, um, season uh, but four. The, I don't know. Cracks. We then get, we get the episode 19 as well, though, in this episode, in this season, where we get shown the observers. Yeah. Uh... Which, to, to completely ruins the finale of the season for me. Like as hype as the finale for the season to know where that where that's like that's where See, it's that's, going. Like that's uh, where I'm like they had to have written the script for the season four finale before writing anything for the episode nineteen because mm-hmm. they undercut themselves in such a big way. It's so brutal. Like to go from like the hypeness of uh, the episode eighteen as well, which is like. Uh, like the pe- multiple the people dying at the same time in the universe in the in oh, one universe yeah. is the other like in a plane crash and then people died in our universe for some reason and oh, like, oh yeah it's like, all because de- david robert jones is doing experiments with this enphilocyte and like the detective work of like gotta look in the cab on this side while she died in a cab on that side that's a yeah. super that's when we got excited again because it's like they're actually exploring these elements and lincoln decides to stay in red universe <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, let's just take a second to talk about the the cuckening of Lincoln. <laughs> oh my god! So he joins Fringe Team as a full member in season four. Yes, in Blue Universe. In yeah. Blue Universe, and like Olivia's there, having never met Peter, and they seem to have like a rapport going, and like he's gonna make a move, and they're like meeting up late at night in this diner somewhere because they can't sleep because they've seen these horrible things that would keep you up at night. Yes. And you're like, okay, I don't like Lincoln as a character, but like, kudos to you for potentially going down. Oh, wait, no, Peter's back and Olivia's falling in love with him. Okay. I mean, it's not even, to be, to be perfectly honest, it's like, I don't hate Lincoln as a character. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we joked a around a lot with that. Is fun. He's like brought in as the, the sort of straight man for this season, or like the audience surrogate for being weirded out. But he like, he does actually have a very compelling reason for wanting to kill the shapeshifters. Like, they killed his partner that he was fucking his wife or whatever, as we <laughs> yeah. were joking. Like, <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's just, like, he, it makes a lot of sense. His character is good. Like, his story makes a lot of sense. Just, they treat him with such disrespect that you have to pile on. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He's... Both versions of Lincoln just getting absolutely cucked by Peter. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It's unfortunate. Uh, um, number ratings? But sadly, it's real. Um, this one's honestly like, it's like a three. It's, I don't know. I, I think this one. It's still fine. I gave it a two and a half. Television. For it's, the season? Season four? 
Yeah. I, the I, ending's really weak, but I think this is still like a solid 3.5 for me. Like, uh, because it's still fun. Like, there are episodes in this that make this show good. Like, there are more good episodes than bad episodes in this season still. I'll go up to a... I'm comfortable going up to a 3. I think, like, yes, two and a half is a little bit harsh. Yeah, because again, there are there are still very good episodes this season that are like classic Fringe yeah. that make Fringe good. It's a shame how it ends. Yeah. It's a shame that they fucking I guess, read I guess, you yeah, a prophecy for the doom. And, and, and as I said, I think the best 10 minutes of Fringe are in this season. Yeah. Um, like, it, it really does have some excellent moments yeah. in it. Or there's the... But um, it has some bad ones. Yeah, I think a good metric to go by then is would you pick episodes out of the season and put them into a collection and saying, watch this, yeah. this is what Fringe is? Yeah, and I still think there are yeah. like more than half of this season is good. Like, yes. All right. And now the thing we've been talking about for the last, what, uh, 13 weeks? Three months? 13 weeks, 14 no, weeks? No, don't put it into weeks or months. I don't like that. <laughs> uh, the, the season that ended on my birthday in 2013. Yes, it is season uh, five. Um, <laughs> we've talked to death about why we don't like the season and why it's bad. So I think we just move on to straight numbers. It's getting a two from me. I'm, I'm, damn, I'm right there with you with the two. It is, it is just below. This is average television. Yeah, really. I'm, I'm shocked you guys aren't giving it ones. No, because um, I mean, like I'm gonna give it a two. Like, but it, like we had, there were parts of it. Or episodes of it that were fun, like that was. Definitely... I think I think that that's the most heartbreaking thing about watching season five like that. From our perspective, is you get those episodes like there was the one where they have the pocket universe, and we were all like, "Holy oh, shit, that this was, was a, so cool! This was a fun episode again. Why can't they do this every week?" And it just hurts all that much more when they go back to an observer tapping his foot to jazz and not realizing what the fuck's going on. That or like the first time they decide to be just be fringe terrorists and they use the, like the mouth, the skin growing virus on yeah. people like that's exciting. That's cool. Like that's such like that specifically is such a good extension of previous fringe stuff. Like, of course, now they're the scrappy people. They're essentially they have to become ZFT. Like that's a beautiful yeah. reflection of the first four seasons of fringe for them to be now the people causing the fringe events like that. They should have leaned into that so much more heavily. Like, like that should have been all of season five. <laughs> that's such an iconic scene of Walter being like, oh, we solved so many fringe events. It's time to create some of our own. And like, it's such a huge line. Yeah. And you think they're going to go somewhere big with it, but it just turns out to be, no, we're going to do the, the face glue. We're going to yeah. do the skin glue. We're going to do one thing and then we're going to do some stuff again in the finale, but that's it. <laughs> like Literally the finale. Like there, There's so um, much cool fringe tech. Like I would have loved a scene, like maybe like even a heist episode where they've got to break into a place and steal like something. And they use like the gravity defying osmium to do something or they use like the wall pass through technology. Like, yeah. All this communicate dangerous. via ghost heist network episode or something. Been fun. Yeah. The there could there could have been a lot of fun things to do in this season, yeah. and but they, like they, they they did a couple of them is what we'll they, say. They they there were some fun things. They fell like, into the trap, I think, for season five of trying to make this a emotional like family off. story or like send off, where it's like it's the core of the season is supposed to be Peter and Olivia and their relationship with Edda and the, like their relationship with family in general. Is supposed to be the core of this, and, but to set it in future Nazi like observer <laughs> land completely removes any seriousness you can do because of the just 
impossibility of the scenario. It's like trying to tell a serious romance, and like in the background, you have like Zorgons fighting each other. It's like, wait, what? What about the Zorgons? <laughs> I, th- I think the other, I think the other thing to recognize as well, and this goes back to the like development of the fandom and the fandom sort of keeping them alive um, for season five, uh, is they. I think that because of that a little bit, the writers were treating the show a little bit more as like, okay, um, you know, people probably want these characters to have more depth than for us to be showing those sort of like, you know, those heart-wrenching moments or those like really tough emotional moments. And you could see from the actors that they had the ability to do that. Like we saw the range from like, we, we talked a huge amount about, about John Noble, but like we could see from basically every single one of them they had the range to be able to, to like show those sort of emotional sides. And I think that they leaned a little bit too hard into that with how sort of the fandom like had kept them well, going and got lost in that a bit as well. They're trying to have their cake and eat it too, because it's like stories typically, most stories can be categorized into like two different like sort of um, groups. Categories? Yeah, categories. You have one. You have you have a story that is character focused, and that is all about uh, a character arc or pe- people's relationships with each other and how that changes over time. And it's very character driven. Or you have plot driven stories where the majority of the story is driven by events happening and people reacting to those events or causing those events. And it's TV shows do a very good job of mixing those two together. Like if you look at any procedural or crime show, like sure events happen, but then also you have those moments of character development. And any good story has both. But when you have only 13 episodes to do something, and you decide to do such a big fucking story as the Observers were Nazis the entire time, and we're going to overthrow them as freedom fighters, you can't then also struggle with this family piece about having a family and needing to, like, save your child. <laughs> One of those had to be toned yeah. down in order to, like, for them to have enough time to tell the story in 13 episodes. They just didn't have enough room to tell both stories. And then they also go, so it's Peter and Olivia, um, apparently estranged, kind of, the, the relationship is definitely strained in the beginning after the loss of their daughter in the past. They find her again and they start to patch the relationship with themselves back and then form a relationship with their daughter. And then they lose their daughter, but it strengthens their bond together. And you're like, okay, cool. So that sacrifice meant something. But then they double back and give them another surrogate child yep. in the form of the Observer Kid while also giving that as a, as a literal child to September and almost another surrogate grandchild or child to Walter. Yep. And then none of it matters because it all gets timeline reset. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. What number did you give it, Nick? I don't remember. We all gave it. Uh, two. I gave it a two okay, as well. So we're all twos across the like, board. So uh, yeah, we're pretty aligned with how we see the season. So we're pretty aligned on how like we we've see been talking the show. About the show for two for two years, <laughs> yeah, maybe almost. <laughs> um. So our, our kind of consensus rankings is uh, season two, we all gave it four point fives. Uh, season three, we all gave it a four. Uh, then season one, David and I gave it a three and a half. David or Nick gave it a four. Then season four, Nick and I gave it three, David gave it a three and a half. And then at the very bottom where it belongs, season five with twos. So we went two, three, one, four, five. Which feels right. Yeah. Okay, now for the toughest question possibly we're going to ask today. Favorite episode of the series. We can't double up, so I feel like there's going to be some fighting. (laughs) 
Oh. Uh, dibs on white tulip. I want a uh, t- other time travel episode. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Nick. All right. All right. He's going to pick last Samwise. Ready? The last, no. <laughs> it's not going to be the last Samwise. I, I do think that was a great episode, but I cannot hot take that hard as that being like the third best episode in the show. Um, probably Peter. Peter is a good episode. Uh, the Peter backstory Peter's, in Peter's season a, two. That's a good episode. And I'm and there's no way that I'm not missing like two or three other episodes that are like really really hard, like really really close as well. But Peter was a really good episode. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll stick with that one for now. That that is a um, a hard episode to top. I will say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't know it, if you want to if you want to you can think about it as also being a time travel episode. Uh, also, also just, also just you know, a, a good note. None of us picked an episode nineteen there, um, which is the episode nineteen were fun, but I don't think they like they by the fact that they're so different. I don't think they're actually representations for what makes Fringe good. Is the problem? Yep. Because like both White Tulip and I'm forgetting the name of the other time travel episode. I just know of it as the other time travel episode. What was it? Uh, I think is it C. I actually don't know. Remember what it is? A season four, yeah. I believe it was season four. I also don't remember. I was trying. I was legitimately uh, and trying those to we've before. left behind. Oh, okay, that makes oh, sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and those we've left behind and White Tulip are very good, and they're both very good examples for how Fringe does a weird sci-fi element realistically and puts it into like an actual sort of emotional story. Yes. Yeah, I think we've talked about it before, um, but the best fringe elements are the ones that are not the focal point of the episode. And like mm-hmm. you were saying earlier, David, it's the fringe element interacts with the characters and the characters, the the drama that unfolds from that in between the characters. So it's, hey, this guy can time travel, but whatever, it's why he's wanting to time travel. And, and is it's also it, his yes. his ultimate goal isn't some maniacal thing. It's just yeah. he wants to spend his last the last moments of his wife. It's not even like he wants to save her. He wants no. one more day. He literally just wants to sit in the car next to her one more time. And it's such good television. Because he also understands how time travel works. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> like you yes. you suck the energy out of any living thing around you. He's like, doesn't matter because I keep looping. They're not dead this time. And when I go back to where I want to be, I'm going to pick an empty field. And then he does that. Yep. And he does yep. the calculations correctly. And he's like, don't worry about time paradoxes. I'm removing myself from the situation. Like, it's going to be a closed loop. Also, it's fucking Robocop. <laughs> that too. <laughs> like, how much better can you get? No, that was, that was a very, very solid episode. All right. I've got a question. Um, favorite fringe um, title? Like, like the like opening, like the like... Cold, like title of the show, sort of cold because we do have, mean cold we have open? a bunch of them. cold open or title of the no, episode. not cold open. I mean, literally, I mean, literally, the like the words in the opening, you mean like nothing no, as it seems, white tulip, just... like the, the episode title. No, the like, so the, the openings, the openings of the show, you know, how we have blue universe, red universe, oh, we've, oh, okay, 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 literally all of those. Um. Uh, first, retro, we've got season retro five. Fringe. Retro, retro Fringe, fringe is, is the best. Really good. Retro Fringe was retro great. Retro Fringe is good. I, I, it's, I don't know. The f- retro Fringe was great. The first time you see Red Universe opening, though, is like such a cool moment as well. Oh, where yes. you're like, what the fuck's going on? These aren't yeah. the words I noticed. 
It's definitely not season five. Yeah. Fuck that. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not season five, the and I don't opening. think it's Piss Universe season four. No, Yellow Universe uh, is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's I, either... I think Red the, Universe for yeah. me. The, the first moment you see Fair Red enough. Universe or retro because they went full out on the retro like yeah, they retro they, they, really they changed the music the they changed the font like it's those attention to details that make fringe so good yes speaking of attention to detail i think that brings us to the end of sort of our recap summaries unless we want to do favorite fringe element but i feel like it's just gonna be time travel for all of us um because uh, time travel is cool. I mean, uh, floating metal is cool as well. Like Osmium yeah. was. Cool. We won't go. We won't go most so favorite. My, my we could say most with, fun. Yeah. Most fun or like my problem is yeah. with over with like close to like a hundred. There's too many like, to go into at this it, point. Yeah. I am yeah. not going to remember them. <laughs> so it's fine. It's fine. Hi all. This is editing David again. Um. Yeah. So as you've probably guessed from the episode title. This is actually a part one of two parts of our sort of season recap and finale thoughts for Fringe. We went really long on this recording, um, so that's why we're cutting it in two here. Also to help give us a break, um, just as we sort of get our bearings and figure out what we're going to be doing next year. Um, so yeah, I hope you all will tune in for next week where we will play a little fun minigame about TV guides, as well as give some more final reviews and thoughts and feelings about Fringe in general. Um, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, uh, feel free to give us a like or subscribe on your podcatching service of choice. And if you want to reach out to us to send us a message or just a hey, what's up, you can do that through Twitter at Forsaf or email us using Forsaf at gmail.com. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under a attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.